in a door, boom. That nigga kicked in a motherfucking door and put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant, robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star with white bitches. So let me tell you something, Stack Five. Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother, nigga. And fuck you too, nigga. Say, listen, if he was your brother or he was your nigga, what in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake $20 bill? You must have loved that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get $20 for, nigga. And I ain't got to go try to pass no $20 bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch. That very, very hierarchical way. Or you can choose not to. Um, the other thing that it would tell you is it would, it would say something about whether about the size of teams as well. I mean, it would seem to argue, I would think, um, although maybe not, it says it's really about the structure of, of teams, that to the extent that you can keep things that, um, that are as flat as possible, I think you minimize the damage caused by um, hierarchies. Hi, thanks for coming to speak. So I just started in people operations about a month ago. And since I've been here, I've had a lot of people recommend uh, Strength Finder and other books like that. And I've taken a look at it, and I can't help but think that things like that are kind of, uh, as the great skeptic James Randi said, flim-flam, mm -hmm. um, or like modern-day uh, pseudo-social science. And I'm wondering what if you have any insight into those, because I know companies spend a lot of money buying those kinds of books for their yeah. employees. I have, uh, I have to confess I've never read any of those. I mean, I, um, I know that they're very successful. Um, in, sell, in sales or in what they set out to in do? In sales. Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> um, but I, I guess I would only say it, it should, it's interesting, though, that there is such a hunger for that kind of thing. You know, people, I always say this, people are experience rich and theory poor, mm -hmm. that most people necessarily um, lack access to organizing principles in their life. Um, if you're not immersed in the world of academia and you don't have the leisure to produce, to follow and acquire grand theories, you don't have theories to explain things. So whenever there is someone comes along with an explanatory mechanism for something that is that you're experience rich in, it's enormously attractive. Um, so that, you know, if that's a lousy, if Strength Finder is lousy, it's incumbent on us just to come up with better and more sophisticated ways of, um, but it's, it's clear that there is a massive demand for something um, to allow people to organize their experience. Hey, Malcolm, my name is Mike. Thanks for being here. Um, my question is kind of going back to the value of elite institutions again. Um, so, so you talk about how someone who goes to Harvard, someone who goes to University of Tennessee, they are intrinsically going to do the same if they're, um, you know, on the same intelligence level. So, I guess my question is, you know, you hear 
you're kind of the average of the five people you hang around. You surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. You will naturally elevate your level. Do you believe in that, or do you believe that's kind of, you know, it seems like your theory is is kind of uh, puts the merits towards that, you know, yeah. thought process. Well, there's a, so- a couple of things. One is that um, one of the implications of that argument is that there are a lot more very able people at um, non-elite institutions than we think. And actually, this is kind of a fascinating thing. So to take a step backwards, uh, the larger question is, how efficient are elite educational institutions um, in as search engines for talent? What percentage of the of qualified students do they actually uncover? And, and the answer is, we used to think they were very efficient. What we have discovered recently is they're actually quite inefficient. In other words, enormous numbers of very, very intellectually capable people never even come close to the 250 top colleges in the country. So non-selective colleges have a much larger share of, uh, of the intellectual aristocracy than we would imagine. So that's so, so to your question, if you go to the University of Tennessee, you can find lots and lots and lots of very, very intellectually capable people to hang around with. And you probably will grab, if you are that kid who could have gone to Harvard, you will probably gravitate to those five. The difference being that, so you'll be surrounded by peers who maybe every bit is able. The difference is that you will almost certainly be the top of your class as opposed to running the risk of being in the middle of the bottom. So you're getting two um, benefits, intellectual benefits, as opposed to maybe only one. Um, the other thing, of course, is that, uh, well, I'll leave it at that. There are many, many parallel arguments along these lines. Now, of course, not everyone can follow the strategy. If everyone does it, it ceases to work, right? <laughs> everyone can't go down a notch. Or <laughs> So the whole thing is, I, if you're going to follow the strategy, do it quick before I sell too many books <laughs> and the advantage is wiped out. But, uh, <laughs> okay, thank you. So you said in response to a previous question that it would be useful to eliminate some hierarchy so that you get rid of this problem of people being at the bottom. But how do we know that's the bigger issue as opposed to it's just a great boost to people when they are at the top? And if that was the predominating factor, then maybe we should just have more awards or more way to recognize people. Oh, I see. Oh, you mean have a kind of pretend hierarchy where you <laughs> give everyone a pat on the back? Or maybe we should have even more levels of hierarchy. Oh, I see. Well, but the, you know, the, um, so the classic study, and I have to see if I got this right. The classic study in this regard, which I talk about in the book, is this famous study that was done in this, the largest psychological study ever in the United States was done during the Second World War of American soldiers. And one of the most interesting insights was a comparison of um, uh, uh, commissioned officers in the Air Force, the Air Corps, the precursor to the Air Force, and commissioned officers in the military police. And the question was, who was more satisfied with the 
um, with their promotion prospects, the openness of their uh, institution to rewarding talent. He ain't got no flaws. We don't know what he do wrong. And at least y'all know I smoke weed, I cuss, I call a woman a bitch. Uh, so my flaws is shown, right? Uh, Obama, man, this man didn't have no flaws. Nah, homie, them ain't our men. We need to see men with flaws. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't follow no man, homie. I ain't have no daddy, so what the fuck I'm going to follow Farrakhan for? He followed Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad followed Farad Muhammad. All these niggas following, man, fuck them niggas, homie. I need to see something else other than a nigga talking, telling me about a book he done read. Nigga, why we can't see his spirit like we seen grandmama and them spirit in that kitchen making that food, nigga? We saw them women's spirit, nigga, when we were sick and they took us to the doctor. So how I'm going to reject, nigga, what she gave me, the love I got from this woman who told me about the God she served. Ain't now nigga gave, Farrakhan ain't gave us that love. He ain't gave, he ain't fed the village like Muriel and Mama and them feed these fed people. All the niggas that got to know Farrakhan got to go to jail to know him, homie. We don't know him from the world. You was blessed to know him through your grandmother. But because of who your grandmother was, you got the favor from him. Nigga, if your grandmother's, you see what I'm saying? Your grandmother. Yeah. So, oh, uh, it's not to. And on that. Yeah, once they see that, it's real, it's legit, and I ain't just talking out my neck. Man, they shipping them things off. Now, I have to sign a service agreement and right. all that good stuff, and I was cool and all. But I didn't exchange any money. Until I got my money from the federal government. Wow. And as soon as they the government got it, they paid you. That's why I had to that's why I had to be at a net zero, because I had to pay the uh authorized retailer. Gotcha. Now if they if I put some money up front, then I could have did a net fifteen or something like that and waited for it. Right. But but since since it was no money exchange, it's basically a handshake and they, they got the valid contract, yeah, I need my money ASAP. I don't want them calling me, you know what I mean? So I was at a net zero. $75,000 to order some iPads, bro. There's more of them out there like that. That's nuts. There's more of them out there like that. You know, I've made $30,000 a year at the Cheesecake Factory. I had to work 40 hours a week. Jeez. 40 to 50. You was balling. I was at the gas station <laughs> working, <laughs> making less than <laughs> Yo, I would have took you up. I was at 15000 a year. Half a decade. Come on, man. <laughs> man, yo, Swiss the sweet guy want this. Newport man want that. You know what I mean? Blow pop kid want this. Like, yo, that's bad. crazy. Yeah. Yo, congrats on your success, I man. I appreciate it, man. That is it. crazy, bro. I think, it's, I think it's important, too, a guy coming from where I come from, with the information that I have, I got it. I got to share it. Because if you listen to how most people talk about government contracting and federal government contracting, they speak of it as if it's a daunting task. Yeah. If it's, like, it's so hard. I definitely think yeah. it sounds scary to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how most people think about it.
It's not that it's not that difficult. Understand the process. Understand that everything can be middleman. Mm-hmm. The government allows us to subcontract every single contract that they have. You just got to put the pieces to the puzzle together. What's your vice, man? What now, is your vice? Now is is hooping mm-hmm. and traveling, man. Really? Yeah, hooping and traveling. Like I try to go to places domestically just to see what they hoop game like, they hoop situation. Man, I'm like that. You ain't no hooper, man. Bro. I'm tough. I hit. I told you I hit you. I'm like, man, hooping them Jordans. <laughs> when you leaving? I can stick around, man. Hold on, bro. <laughs> nah, we, it, it, I can it stick might, around. might get funky out here, man. Let me. I can, I can stick around. Okay, we might be on the. Uh, okay. <laughs> set it up. Set it up. We well, might just set that up. Set it up. Is he nice, Jose? You ever seen it? Yeah. yeah but he don't. He He showed up to the gym in like these jeans and uh and Harachis. It was oh, crazy. No. There's like there's like sweatpant jeans or something like that. I'm like, yo, Jose, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> so uh nah, all right. So um travel do you travel with your wife a lot? Uh Dang, that's not, crazy. Well, not. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So he said, oh, yeah. I mean, you got to that That's why I advise you. That's my thing. I yeah, got yeah, to get But you got peep game, too. People are calling me to, to come out there to teach them my process. Oh. So I'm going out there to work, right? So I'm going out there to work. You two, pull up on your students? Yeah, pull up on them. Yeah. I mean, not just everybody gets the Not course. everybody. Yeah, yeah. Not every, I don't pull up on everybody, but... If it's a group six or more, I'm pulling up. Oh, so if it's like a group of six people that got the course or whatever. Yep. And they say, and hey, they we city. need higher education. Or they say, we purchased the course, but we want you to actually come out here and teach us real time too. I'm there. We should do something in Atlanta. Let's do it. We should do something in Atlanta. Let's do it, man. Yo, do, do it. so there will be a link in the um, in, a, in our description and you can use promo code social proof. Again, I don't know how much it's going to be. I'm going to negotiate. You're going to negotiate. So I got it. We're going to negotiate. The I'm a good one. Discount. I'm a good one. I'm a good one. I'm a good negotiator. We're going to negotiate the biggest discount possible. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's try to set up these little meetups, man, especially if gr- that's dope because like groups can get together and kind of iron sharpens iron. That's what you I'm feel saying. me? That's what I'm saying. I, and that's what I told you. Like, I can speak about it all day long, but when you bring somebody else in that's actually listened to the information, understood the process, and received the result, right? It ain't nothing better than that. Mm. It's, nothing, it's nothing better. Like, I get overwhelmed when my students say, I won my first federal contract. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Knowing that it took me three years with no help. Yeah. And now I'm able to help people condense their time frames. Yeah. I just get excited, man. Yeah. That's yeah. lit. Yeah. And I think it's lit because you got rich from government contracting. And then now it's not like, yo, the the money people pay for the program is is not your funding your lifestyle. Right. It's like yeah. you you're really like just giving a blueprint for us. Right. Us, right. our people. Peep game. 
clubhouse, people will reach out to me off of a clubhouse meeting room. Mm-hmm. And they'll ask for phone calls. Oh, can I talk to you for 15 minutes, 20 minutes? They instantly say, how much do you charge for a phone call? I'm like, what? People charge you to talk to them real quick? Like, I'm pulling up on the phone uh, like, uh, just wait till after this interview, uh, brother. All right, talk to him. Talk to him about your it. Your tone is going to change. Because it's going to be overwhelming. When and it gets to that point, like when it seriously gets overwhelming, then yeah, I got to But maybe I have like group. So Okay, but, so. That's a, but that's what I'm saying. But this is how I just feel like sometimes somebody might just need a couple of minutes with somebody to get them to their next level. Yeah. You feel me? Because I feel like I needed that. Yeah. I just needed somebody to just say, hey, man, give me 10 minutes of your time. I can get you to your next level. XA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got we got this project. You know, this looks great. What do you think about it? Or, hey, Speck, um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know. Or I tried this, this, and this, and it, I'm stuck now. I'm you're stuck. more satisfied because we went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right. I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming with, to me with a solution. Don't come to me with a, any problem without a solution. Oh, golly, this is heavy. And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. So speed I have this course, everything. and I shot the course. It's pretty much done. It's just, you know, it, it's done now, and uh, we're, we're getting ready to release it. But it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's supposed to be ready in like April. Yeah, I shot the joint. It was I shot it. it was supposed to be ready like April May. Then it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas. Then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. <laughs> because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. Mm. They would have got done a long time ago. I need to focus on speed, bro. Mm-hmm. Dang, this is good. Building your team out. Because if you build your team out and you leave them accountable for it, then they have to make the deadline. They won't keep dragging. It's only dragging because you're the owner. You're the CEO. So you can drag your own stuff and not be accountable for it. Or you can just get an accountability partner. That's another game changer. And put money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't going to lie to yourself. You get your accountability partner every single week, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone. Get on the call. You're going to talk about relationships, your, your relationship. You're going to talk about health. You're going to talk about learning and your business. Those are the four things you're going to talk about. And out of those four things, 
you need to put a dollar amount on what's what, whatever is the most important. And if that course is that, then you need to put $100, $200, whatever's going to make you move. You need to be accountable. How you be accountable, you got to lose something. That's how you move. Yeah, big facts. Oh, my gosh. All right, so, so tell me about the academy yeah. and why you built it. Right, so the reason why I built the academy is because Every successful business is solving a problem. And I feel, after having numerous conversations with people who went to college, college is literally scamming people. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information that you don't believe in, (laughs) <laughs> because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? Name one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I'm a, I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, this don't work for you, you get your money back. That leave them accountable to making sure that's A1, right? Making sure they put accountability behind the information they teach it. Right. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor know the book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like... Why he's struggling if he if he know everything. So that shows that that information in that book ain't everything. And if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more men, more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training. Whenever I do my training, I say my training. Do you think college was worth your investment? I would say 100% of the time, I get like 99% hell no's. <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much and even like, People was like, oh, spec, you work in silence or you like, you move in silence. When I don't try to work in silence, mm-hmm. move in silence. It's just like, I just, I'm just straight to it. Like, let's mm-hmm. go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do something about it instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my own, my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach never reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Success leave breadcrumbs. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. So I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. He was smart, yo. I knew it. Man, this is crazy. <laughs> I went, so I went to Harvard. That's who they put on. Oh, yeah. 
I like that one. Yeah, but make him famous, you know. But now the gates are unlocked. Now everybody on SoundCloud is like they can't control it no more. You can't control it no more. If you have the talent and you're able to stay persistent and consistent with music, you're going to pop sooner or later. Something going to catch on fire. Mm. All you need is to hit one ball. One. You don't have to be right no times but once. Once you write that one time, and I don't give a damn, you don't know how to swing at fastballs, don't hit fastballs. If all you know is curveballs, when that curveball comes, you swing the bat as hard as you can. Sooner or later, if you keep swinging, you're going to knock some out the park. It's going to be life-changing, and they're scared of that. Wow. They're scared of that because if that happens, then guess what? It's more wealth in the black communities. And guess what? The money circulates when it gets in the communities. When you go in, it goes to the corner stores. It goes to like, it's still in the community, right? Mm-hmm. The money changes hands. And now guess what? I got enough money to support your dream now. Yeah. I got enough money to support his dream now. And everybody is building, but it's things in place to make sure it's like credit card companies. They discriminate, but people don't know they discriminate because they're like, oh, they can't discriminate. No, they do. They don't market based on certain area codes. If you put a certain area code in, you automatically get denied. Why? Because they already know that area code has this certain amount of revenue coming in every single year. This is your annual revenue. You don't fit the criteria. Mm. Even if you do. You don't fit the criteria. You in the wrong neighborhood. You don't get this card. And they're doing the same thing with investments. Like, why? Why I got to be a credit investor? I love it. People yeah. come up with what they want to come up with, but that's my, you know, that's my logic. I can't wait to see it, my brother. Look, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, Please let the the people know how they can contact you, how they can get in touch with you. Um, Definitely. I am spectacular on all social media platforms. Clubhouse is just spectacular. Hit me up on Clubhouse, dropping game constantly. Power Circle, shout out to the Power Circle. Nonprofit. Hey, that's another thing that's going to be huge. It's going to be the biggest communities for people to come together, entrepreneurs to come together to share resources the technology that's going to be built out for that is going to be crazy for people to come in and literally have one-on-one conversations to be able to share resources and uh, and be able to have masterminds and accountability. It's going to be phenomenal. But yeah, make sure you guys check me out. Power Circles, if you do want to apply for Power Circles, all you got to do is make over 100000 If you want to be a part of that community, go to powercircles.org. And uh, check it out. But other than that, you guys can text my number. I gave it to you guys earlier, but 786-661-1224. Hit me up. Ask me some questions. And actually, if you listen to this interview, every time you hear it, listen. Drop me a comment, man, on my last post on Instagram. Let me know how you felt about 
this interview because I want to know your thoughts. I can't really stalk the comments like that, but I look at my Instagram almost every day. All right? Yeah. Appreciate that, Speck. All right, man, close this out with something. A word of wisdom, man. There's an entrepreneur out there that they, they, they're, they're having a hard time. They're struggling. They got this vision and it's just not coming to fruition or, you know, they got some issues or, uh, you know, dramas or, you know, just uh, things going on in their life. So mm-hmm. what is on your heart right now to share with that person? Well, the first thing I would say is your thoughts become your reality. So if you put yourself in the state of mind that everything is possible, it's just the amount of time on when it's going to happen. And continuously work on your craft. Too many people are a master of nothing. They master the craft of nothing. <laughs> so you have to become a master of something and go at it full speed, full throttle, want it. You're meant to have as bad as you want to breathe. Mm-hmm. You got to want it as bad as you want to breathe. And come into this thing and understand that you're not a victim. Too many victims out here. Nobody's a victim. You're the only person you can blame for your situation. Nobody else. It don't matter what your past was. It don't matter how your dad treated you. It don't matter how you, how you was raised. Bill Gates said... If you're born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, that's your fault. Because you have every opportunity to get whatever you want and find the guidance, find the mentorship. Because it's not a lack of information. It's a lack of guidance and accountability. So find somebody that's going to leave you accountable to your goals, your mission, your dreams. Everything that you literally put your mind to is is something that can be achievable. Anybody who you know that's wealthy, that's famous, they all started from zero. Zero followers on Instagram, zero followers, zero followers on Facebook, zero dollars in their bank account. Everybody had to get that first deposit and build relationships and make sure that you're putting more deposits in than withdrawals. Right. My rule of thumb is Give 10 times and ask once. Because your habits create your character, and your character determines your destiny. As we learn from our mutual mentor, you know what I'm saying? Like, success will take you there, but your character, your gifts and talents will take you there, but your character will keep you there. But it all starts right here inside the mind, so we got to have a strong belief system. Because I remember when we used to school, you would see the little posters that say, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Bro, that's facts. That was a bar. We thought it was corny. We thought it was cliche, but that's real. That's real. So when I began to believe I could do these type of numbers, when I began to believe I could travel the world, bro, my wife looking for homes down in South Africa. I was like, boo, come on, boo. She's like, oh, you don't believe? I was like, I have to check myself. Like, bro, don't be a hypocrite. Like, do you believe? People got to believe. And so to everybody that's watched us, everybody that's listening right now, like, I need to believe in that power, that purpose, that potential that's inside you. God has an amazing plan for your life if you believe. What do I look like trying to trying to determine where my life going to go? I ain't that smart. I ain't that talented. People talk about a five to 10 year plan. That makes sense. And it sounds good. But for me, I'm not even smart enough to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. 
right? That's why I wake up at 5 a.m. and I seek the face of God. Like, what you want me to do? What do you think is the best play? And then I run that play. Like, that's how people can go to the next level. So it starts with the belief system, and then you got to put that work in every single day. Because my brother Brian, not here no more. And if he was here, he'd be putting that work in. So I felt what I look like feeling tired, what I look like feeling lazy, what I look like talking about what's not comfortable to me. Comfort don't pay bills. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we got to be willing to put that work in every single day. So let's go get in. Let's be great. Listen, can't close it out no better than that, yeah. man. Do me a favor. Make sure you follow Jeremy Anderson. Okay, shoot him. A- One. And we are live. We're live. We're live. I don't feel alive. I feel like half dead right now. I swear to God, I'm so depressed. It's raining out to match the boot. The weather is matching my feeling right now. Depressed, tired. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing with your phone now? Your phone's cutting you. Put a case on it. You know, today Mom I was podcasts. ready to walk into AT&T store and my phone's been acting up because when you press it, it does whatever it wants to do what it's supposed to do. So, because it's all cracked in the front and it felt, you know, starting to, you know, cut me and all that stuff. And I thought it was the actual screen in the phone. So I was prepared to walk in AT&T and, you know, I used the hell out of my phone. I make money with this goddamn thing, baby. Okay, this is the only thing, this is the thing, the most important tool. Everybody lives off their phone now. I can run the whole goddamn empire with this phone. Uh, anyway, so I walk into AT&T. I'm ready to spend, a, I'm ready, I'm thinking they're going to take me for a thousand bucks or whatever for a new phone. And I walk in and the lady says, I tell the lady promises, listen, you know, the phone's not acting right and you press it. It's all cracked here. And uh, she says, oh, yeah, okay, let me see. And I says, um, you know, what do I got to do? I got to buy a new phone, right? She, so she, she takes my phone, she puts her nail in there, and put, peels off this goddamn coating I didn't even know was there, and the coating was cracked. And now it looks like a new phone again. Uh, <laughs> in five seconds, she, sent me, she saved me a thousand bucks. And it's just, well, you know, fit 40 bucks for a new case or your insurance will do up at 10 or you go to whatever. Anyway, thank you, lady in the AT&T in Clearwater. I forgot I didn't get her name. For saving me $1,000 on a new phone today. All right. So, that's the story. I saved a 1000 bucks today. Look at that. Boy, maybe it wasn't such a bad day. But I had a lot of bad shit happen. I'm telling you, you know, I don't know. Right now, everybody better stock up on every dollar they can. Whenever there's a problem in life and business ain't right, get your hands on as much cash as you can and just maybe sit and wait and see what happens because unless you're that smart where you know how to do something, right now things are rough. I mean, it's, it's really bad. I'm not even going to... I mean, you got your good times, you got your bad times. These are absolutely the worst times. Okay? So, I don't know. I, I'm just so sick of seeing all these bills coming in with no money to pay them. You know, you know, digging in uh, every hole we can to pay them. So, things are not good right now. If you're interested in real estate, 
beware. And if you want to really be in real estate, I mean, now's a good time to start looking because people are going to get scared. I'm telling you right now, I'm selling hotels for millions, many, many millions less than I would have sold them for back in February, okay? In fact, I'm kicking myself in the ass because... I had a guy ready to buy two hotels for me at a Christmas party, and, and, and I didn't do the deal. I mean, you know, I'm an idiot. What are you going to do? I didn't know this was going to happen. So right now is a good time to go out. If you are interested in real estate and you got some risk money or money you can put into something and maybe wait out the storm, now's the time to start looking for deals. People, I'm telling you, uh, people are bargaining. You know, I know a friend, he was looking for a house the other day uh, in Fort Lauderdale. The guy, he put, uh, he wanted he wanted his house for two and a half million. I told him, put an offer in for two million, you know, don't be afraid. So he puts the offer in for two million and, and the broker's saying, no, 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 this is the best deal in town. It's going for two and a half million. It's going to do that bullshit. You know, who's walking around with two and a half million bucks right now to spend on a freaking house? You know, not a lot of people. So anyway, yeah. he puts the offer in, even though the broker kept crying, saying, no, I don't want to do it. He puts the offer in, and they counter him back to two million two. Okay? They took off 300 grand, thinking he'll say, okay, let's meet in the middle, and let's do a deal. But I said... You know why? You got nothing to lose to keep playing the game. Go back and say, listen, you know, I'm being fair right now. In your, in my opinion, this house is worth two million based on today's market. You know, and uh, he, I said, throw him another fifty grand just to be generous. So it ends up, I think he's getting the house for two million one. I think gasly. So a house that it was supposed to be a hot deal two five, because it's all about timing, 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 and having the money ready to go at that right time. That's what helps. So you know he got a house that actually would be appraised right now for two million five, and he's only paying two million one. Yeah, almost twenty so, percent off. You know, there you go. But I also learned about. Another part of real estate I didn't know about in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, water, there are setbacks on boats because he has water behind the house and I'm going to stick my boat back there for free. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm helping him buy the house. So, <coughs> there are setbacks. You got to make sure in certain parts. It's crazy. It's like. Different streets. It's not even cities, though, the setbacks. It's like on Island Drive, it'll be five feet, and then on Westfield Drive, it'll be like 10 feet. Like The distance between you and your neighbor's property line. Yeah. So some streets, you got to have five feet on each side of the boat in between you and your neighbor, and then you got the width because you got a canal. So you got the people who live across the canal. So basically, the way it works, we learned all this. We didn't know this shit. Now, in canals, the way it works is you have a third, a third, a third. A third goes to the guy on that side of the canal. You need a third for traffic to come through the middle. And you need a third for that guy on that side of the canal. So you have to make sure your boat's not too wide off the dock 
to stick out to where you go past the third of that space, or else you can't keep your boat there. So anyway, he's got to shorten his dock for me. <laughs> I'll pay for that. All right, so you went down to Fort Lauderdale. I went to Palm Beach, went to Fort Lauderdale, went to Miami, went everywhere. Everywhere. You know, while we were there, I think Trump was having a party in Jupiter. We didn't even know it. We drove past uh, where Trump lives in um, Mar-a-Lago. And, man, what a dead-ass place that is. That place is, I mean, you got your fancy homes, you got your ocean, your beach, but it's, like, dead. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't want to live like that. I don't even want to keep a boat in a place like that. You know, there's nothing going on, and everybody's, you know, very hidey-tidy. And um, we got over on a but free lunch. We got over on a free we lunch. Had a great lunch. Free brunch. We ate the. Free. We wanted to go eat in the Breakers. Was the Breakers is where Palm Beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Breakers. Was well, Breakers in Fort Lauderdale? No, it's it's Palm Beach. The Breakers. Breakers Palm, Palm Beach. Beach. So we went to the Breakers. Sure. Yeah, we were trying to go eat lunch. Where do we go anyway? So the restaurant was under construction. And we had, but they own go? a restaurant in town, which called. Forgot. <laughs> I think it's named after the guy that started the town. Isn't it like some Henry's Henry's Flagler from Flagler, the guy that started the big rich guy that started the whole damn thing down there. Anyway, so they have a restaurant there in town, and we got lucky because this place was expensive. You know, it's West Palm Beach and all that, so. The waitress knocks over a champagne glass that Carla was drinking. And the glass kind of blew on some of the food. Some of it, not most of it. Anyway, they were really nice. The waiter comes and the the manager comes over and he says, no, absolutely, you know, takes all the food away. You know, we we half ate the food already. (laughs) And he brings all new food, wouldn't charge us. I mean, those people must be tough in that town because these people that work there, oh, oh my God, oh my God, a glass broke. You know, and uh, so anyway, we toured everywhere. Everywhere. So now here we are. What night is the night? I can't keep track of it. I honestly Tuesday? We went Wednesday. Wednesday. We went to over 20 marinas. No, 25. And they were all too expensive. And I they charge more I for a fucking all. piece of water. A little slip of water. It's crazy per square foot. It's only water. It's not even land you're getting. That's how much they're charging. Oh, my God. They want like $2. Some of these high-class places want $2 a foot At least per day. Seven grand if a your month. boat's 100 feet, that's 200 bucks a day. That's 30 days in a month. That's $6,000 a month for a fucking slip of water. And in Miami, you talk about, it's about oh, seven. Man, they're making money. Especially in Miami. Oh, my God. And they don't have that. I barely have any amenities. Some of them don't have shit to give you. Uh, so anyway, we're working on it. All right. I hope anybody's out there. They got any problems? They got any questions? Call in. All right, and uh, see if we can do. But right now, let me tell you, your real estate is a danger zone. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I'm not smart enough to know how these banks are handling. I know a lot of people ain't paying. See, at first. The government was handing out money. They're giving out the extra unemployment. Everybody was paying their rent. See, multifamily was staying strong. But now I hear, and I heard from a guy 
yesterday that owns like 2,000 apartments in Tampa. He wanted to come uh, have lunch with me and maybe look at John's Pass or whatever. So um, he said, holy crap. He couldn't believe it. He was down. He was missing 200000 in rents. Uh, he hasn't collected last month. He hasn't figured out what this month is already. So, and we're starting to feel a pinch too. Um, it used to be retail was having its problems. It still are. Forget about hotels. Uh, I just want to, oh my God. I don't want to talk about hotels right now. But now the multifamily's getting hit. Okay, because people, I'm telling you, they're not dealing with the situation like they should. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, either if you're going to keep money flowing, you keep the goddamn shit flowing. Don't give it a little and stop. All right, until it's over, keep it flowing. Uh, because right now, I'm telling you, things are getting ugly. You know, I had another commercial tenant telling me they're leaving. They're going bye-bye. I'm going to be stuck with another empty commercial unit, retail. Uh, I'm telling you, my life is depressing as hell right now. So anyway, maybe I can help somebody, anybody out there, you want to buy something, you're looking to buy, but I will tell you, they're still lending. The government's backing up all the banks, they're backing up uh, Fannie's, Freddie's. I got people in contract to buy stuff right now. We had a big inspection in one of our hotels. I hope that goes through. So there's money flowing out there still. So if you want to do real estate, what you got? We also have Super Chats. Super Chat, Super Chat. Parasailing the Past, thanks for the four ninety nine, And thank you for coming to, I think, most of the podcasts. Is that the parasailing goddamn time. guy I can't find? Every time I go there, he's off sailing somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, I personally went over there in the goddamn heat, sweating, you know, it was hot as hell. Looking for the goddamn parasail guy to see if he wants to come to my side over there and, and get more business and more exposure. And I don't know. There's like two or three different parasailing guys there. And I don't even know if I got to the right guy. So parasailing guy, where the hell are you? Okay. Contact us and start parasailing on my side of the boardwalk too. And go get another parasailing boat. All right. I think I know somebody selling one too. Seriously, call us. I know a guy selling a parasail in a boat and this, uh, the whole setup, a captain. All right, what else we got? Shout out to Matthew Simpson. Thanks for the four ninety nine. Matthew Simpson. Ben, if the real estate event you are doing next week, weekend. Sold out, sold out, sold out, done. You missed it. Does well, will you do more? That's what I'm really thinking about doing. You know, we, we can't do big stuff right now. We're going to do small stuff. So I'm going to do small stuff, and if it works out, we're going to do it continuously and, you know, make it in small, easy, you know, groups where I can really get my point across. Uh, so it's sold out, but, yeah, if this one works out, we'll do some more. Maybe we'll start doing them in Orlando. Maybe we'll do them in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the doctor for the $25. Doctor, doctor, doctor. Oh, doctor, no money. Normally give $100. Doctor only give $25. What's the matter, doctor? You lose your patience or what? Still waiting on the lazy river. Lazy river. Well, we'll talk about it. I'll be there on the 19th. Why you earlier? Honestly, let me tell you something. That freaking lazy river saved me today. Uh, I had such a rotten day. With so many things going on, 
that, you know, my wife says, hey, why don't you go get in the pool? It's really nice out here. This is before this lousy rain came. You know, I was sitting there depressed, thinking about this old stuff going on, and I says, you know what? She's right. So I took a nice swim and got some exercise around the river, but the goddamn pumps, I think, are cuckoo now. I swear to God, the pump was going the wrong way and pushing me instead of helping me. I'm telling you, I gotta talk to that goddamn pool guy. So it was like a workout going against the goddamn current. All right, what else you got? Um, David G. David G. Thanks for the $10. $10, thank you. And by the way, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, I don't like the podcast, blah, blah, blah. You know, I appreciate, and Rafal really appreciates everybody that watches the podcast. It ain't a big thing like the videos, but hey, every bit helps. Rafal needs to eat, and, uh, you know... It helps a lot. And his motorcycle, tell us, Rafal, he tells me today what happened. Yeah, I was uh, trying, throwing the trash today and uh, noticed the empty parking spot where my motorcycle usually sits there, and it's gone. So my motorcycle was stolen today from not a bad neighborhood, though, I think. That's so. when you start seeing things are getting really bad. When things start getting stolen, people start going out stealing, they need money. Okay, so, you know, I'm sorry your bike got stolen. I know uh, it was your favorite bike. Your Europeans like their motorcycle stuff, especially. Yeah, I think you guys got more motorcycles than cars in Poland, don't you? Uh, No, not in Poland. Oh, but a lot of those countries. A lot of scooters. Scooters? 50s. Anyways. All right, so listen, Rafael needs a new motorcycle, so come on, help him out here, you know? Poor Pollock living here in Florida. He's used to the cold weather. He's sweating it out. That's why I bought a bike, so the wind's on him. Okay. Give me yours. Anyways, trying to buy a 14 unit for 990 grand, 25% down, 800 credit score, and banks are asking for a four three quarter rate with 520 recourse loan. I would. I could buy it cash. Any ideas how to get a, resp- a reasonable offer? Listen, you're 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 getting ready to pay how much? How much is that deal? Nine hundred ninety. Nine hundred ninety thousand dollars, almost a million dollars. Fourteen units. So how much is that a door? Roughly about what's that? Seventy seven times uh ten is seven hundred. Seven times four is twenty eight. So it's about seventy a door. Right? 72, yeah. Like all right, so, sounds like a good deal. Hopefully you did all your homework and make sure the rents are going to equal and pay you all the bills and leave you something left over. I hope you got a good return. But, um, I mean, if the banks are willing, you know, the point is, you know, if you're going to put out cash, then you got to get a discount, okay? Cash is king. You know, if they want a quick cash deal, baby, they got to give you a discount. So, I would try... And then go out and refinance it, okay? Uh, so, you know, that's an option. That's probably what I would do. You know, that's what I always do. If I have the cash, I try to buy up the cash quick and cheap. And then I go back to the bank later. So, but in the meantime, I mean, how much is, what's the question? What's, the, what's this rate for something? 
You know, I mean, you know, you shop around, get different rates. I don't know. It depends on where the building is, if it's an A, a B, a C. Uh, it depends on the bank you're dealing with. It depends on how strong you are. You know, have you gone Fannie or Freddie if you're looking for long-term debt? I mean, you know, every situation's different. But, you know, you should definitely always go to more than one bank and get a, um, a commitment letter. You know, give them all the information on the property, show them who you are, and say, give me a commitment on this deal, you know, and... And there's, uh, you know, tons of banks out there, but I wouldn't go with only one bank giving you an offer. But it didn't sound like a bad offer. What was he talking about now? He was talking about a 14-unit, 990-grand building, 25% down, 800 credit store score, and banks are asking for three-quarter rate with 520 recourse. Three-quarter rate? I don't know what Let that Let me see means. it, please. He wrote out three Hello, hello, hello. Here we go. What do you got? Four and three-quarter rate emits. He's getting 4.75 is three-quarter rate. 4.75 with a 5.2 recourse low. Full recourse. I don't know. You know, you can bargain. Ask him for a lower rate. You know, say, hey, do you loan, uh, you know, with uh, a spread against the LIBOR? You know, or what do you, what do you, what do you, don't be afraid to ask questions to banks, okay? They loan you money based on a certain rate. You know, they got the cost of funds, they got the LIBOR, they got the treasury. You know, find out what they're loaning you and how many points they're making on it. I'm going to be honest with you. A bank's got to make minimum two points to just, you know, to operate. You know, it's called the, you know, cost of fund. Um, you know, what it costs them to operate. The bank's got to make a couple of points. So if, you know, normally if, 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 if they're bargaining against, uh, they're loaning you money against a certain rate or a market, and right now markets are like zero. So you should get really good loans. I mean, you know, but they're not going to give away the farm, you know. I mean, I don't know what your assets are. It all matters. But um, you should definitely uh, try to bargain with every bank. You know, don't be afraid to bargain, and don't be afraid to get a second opinion because then you can play them against each other. <clears throat> but it didn't seem unreasonable what they were asking. I don't know what your assets are, but, you know. All right, good luck. You have a call. We have a call. I don't believe it. Somebody's calling. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you today? It's Ben. How's it going? Good, good. What can we do for you? Uh, so I'm uh, I'm actually from Toronto, uh, and I worked in a uh, an investment shop in real estate here for the last four or five years. And I got together uh, with a partner that's going to provide uh, a significant amount of capital as well as debt for us to start buying U.S. multifamily assets. And so the first place we started looking uh, was in St. Pete, uh, St. Petersburg. And I wasn't sure. We're, we're looking at either uh, larger assets, like 100 to 200 doors at a time, or we're going to buy like a large number of kind of 10, 10 to 20 unit assets. Uh, and I was curious, He's you know, breaking for up first multi family deals, what you would suggest. Listen, don't come over here to St. Pete trying to buy my goddamn deals up. You stay in Toronto and buy some shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Toronto, Canada people got watching this. That's the humor like ours. 
<laughs> All right, so you want to come over to St. Pete and buy up some of this good old American real estate, huh? You know why? Yeah. You know why everybody he wants to come here? Tell him why you uh, can't buy it in Toronto. Uh, all the upside is priced in and we have red controls. It's called socialism, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. Top marginal tax rate is 58%. Well, you know, I feel for you. But anyway, I mean, you know, a lot of guys, people from Canada down here buying real estate, I mean, and, and owning real estate. I mean, you know, you got to get with the big brokers and see if the numbers make sense for you guys. You need to get the return you're looking for. I think there's a lot of good deals getting ready to come to the table, you know, but, you know, you need to get with the guys that are moving that product and work with them. Uh, you know, all the big, you, used to, you know who the brokers are? Uh, yeah, I'm starting to familiarize myself. I have some connections at, uh, CBRE and Abenson Young. Well, that's so it. You just, basically, you got to go around and hit them all. You got to hit them all yeah. and say, hey, listen, this is what we're looking for. What do you got? They even advertise them on their websites or whatever or get on their their, their list that they, they send out every time. But, you know, you already know. You got CBRE. You got Franklin Street. You got Bricadia. You got this guy named, I think he went off on his own. I think he just picked something up in St. Pete, Jamie May. Jamie May. Uh, he's got stuff, something I think just came up in St. Pete. Hit them all. You got to go to all of them and say, hey, show me what you got. And you put them on a the table. You guys are smart guys. You underwrite them, see if they make sense. But it's dangerous right now because you know even here in this capitalistic, wonderful place, you cannot evict nobody right now. You know that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how long that's going to go on for, but, you know, right now you got to be careful with multifamily because I'm starting to feel a pinch in my multifamily. You know, this whole situation we're going through is definitely affecting every aspect of real estate right now. Every aspect I can think of is being affected by it, except maybe maybe grocery stores. So, um, you know, be careful right now also. You don't want to overpay because you might be looking at a, a major reduction in value soon. Yeah, no, of course. Of All right. Course. Well, good luck to yeah, you. No. And uh, listen, if you stay in Tampa, stay in one of my hotels in Tampa near the airport. No, I, w I will tell you quickly uh, that, you know, uh, my parents had a place on, on Treasure Island past so i was at uh, john's pass constantly so i love that place well good come back spend some money <laughs> go Thank on a you. pirate ship go parasailing go jet skiing go on a dolphin tour eat in a restaurant play in the arcade eat ice cream have a hot dog what else i made the goddamn Robert. guy all right take care i made the goddamn guy he keeps crying to me he ain't making no money in the yogurt place I personally bring them, I tell Matt and I tell little Ben, listen, I know we got two hot dog machines left over from uh, Hogan's Beach that we had. Put them, give a guy a hot dog machine. So I, I tell them both, they both bring them one. I had to go take one back. We're here to take up the hot dog machine. But I said, you know, put the hot dog machine there, sell them out the goddamn window of John's Pass and make some money. And I twist his arm to do it. I had to bring him a hot dog. And he's not even my tenant. He's my neighbor. I brought him a hot dog machine 
for him to sell hot dogs out of his yoga joint. Anyway. And they did sell some. The they sold said. some. You're with me. But now they got to spend a little money and make it a pass-through window. The window's right on the sidewalk. You put up a freaking sign, hot dogs, you get three bucks a pop. They cost like 20 cents. And the 